Hello, hello. It's another case of mixtape and identity, and my guest this week is Lewis Garner. Thank you so much for joining me. This is episode 77 of Mixed Up and Identity with Lewis Carnum. Uh, Lewis is a comedian I've been following online for, for a good long while now. Uh, I think he's very, very funny, very clever, uh, does a lot of uh, political commentary on his social media as well, which you know is just very succinct and very well done. So yeah, I was very excited to get him on the show. Had a really good time with this playlist as well, so regulars of the show will know that um, hip-hop's not my normal genre, um, but I'm very excited to get into it, and there are a lot of artists that I recognise, I was excited to listen to um, so yeah, this was a, a great experience for me and I had a really really good time with this list, some other songs that I am obsessed with now, like Julia, Julia Jacqueline um, an absolutely gorgeous song there, so yeah, I had an amazing time with that um, very quickly, if you're new to the show, if this is your first time listening uh, Lewis and I are going to be talking through some songs different categories for the songs and all the songs are available in a playlist on Spotify uh, which is in the description of the podcast so you can click on there any songs you want to listen to they're all right there and you can uh, follow along if you like um yeah this is a great conversation uh, i had an amazing time with lewis at the, like really really funny but we had some very serious moments in it as well and i actually learned a lot um or a couple of different bits and pieces so yeah it's a really really interesting episode just like quickly we did have some technical difficulties with this episode my computer just completely crashed on me I was half an hour late joining the call it was awful uh, my usual program for recording my side of the audio just didn't work zoom didn't work properly so I had the audio tracks but there were chunks missing now it doesn't affect the overall episode the main sort of points that we wanted to get across are all there and um, there's just a few instances where I'm gonna have to re-record what I said and it might sound a little bit clunky but just bear with me it shouldn't affect the quality of the overall episode just if you think the editing sounds a little dodgy it's because it is um so yeah we'll jump in episode 77 of mixtape identity with Lewis Garner. Um, so how often do you actually listen to music at the moment Lewis? every day I would say, yeah, yeah. D- that, yeah, it'd be pretty rare for me to not listen to music in a day. Okay. Very rare. Is it like an active activity for you or is it just sort of a, a background thing? Or, um, Good question. Uh, I actually had a friend come and stay recently and she was like, she said like, oh, you guys, because I live with a few housemates, she was like, oh, you guys don't like have music playing like during the day. And I was like a bit offended by it. I was like, took it personally. <laughs> Okay. Um, but it's like I think for me there's like set places like shower mm-hmm. I'll rarely have a shower without bringing my speaker into the bathroom okay so I usually listen to music in the shower and then um I catch like public transport around heaps and I walk heaps I'm a massive walker like if I if if somewhere's like an hour walk away I'll I'll do the walk up instead of getting an uber and that's yeah, that's also, I'm usually listening to music then. Right, and then okay. sometimes if no one's home and I'm like cleaning the kitchen or whatever, I'll fucking really blast some music then. And that's when right. I'll really like sing, might okay. even like have a little dance on my own. Lovely. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I haven't talked a lot about shower music actually on the show, but um, do, do you have like a specific playlist for it or is, is it, will you just listen nah, to it? No, it depends. It depends what the shower is for. So if the okay. shower is, if I'm getting ready to go to comedy or like whatever, like I need yeah. to be kind of pumped up, it'll be hip hop usually. Yeah. Um, but if I'm just like showering and and I'm spending the day like 
sort of moseying around, it'll be like more chill music. Um, right. Sometimes like some folky stuff or like some really like atmospheric, like electronic music, like really chill electronic kind of music. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, and how often are you trying to find new music then? Or do you tend to stick to your old familiar? Yeah, good good question. I um I do I yeah, no, pretty regularly, I would say. I yeah. yeah, I think quite regularly. Like I've got my old regulars and I I listen to them a lot. Um like my artists that I love. But if those artists that I love release new music, I'm like on the day. Like I'll right. I'll listen to it. Like I'm sort of aware of what's coming up and um like if someone like I don't know fucking Kendrick Lamar releases a new album, mm-hmm. like I know about that from like at least a month or two out, and I'm right, sure, yeah, yeah. to that day kind of thing. Yeah, um, but then like new artists, it's generally just if someone shows me or if I'm mm. at a cafe and there's a song playing, I'll shazam it or yeah, yeah, my mates will show me something. I don't right. really like. I don't go googling. I don't go like looking on online for new music. It's more yeah. just hearsay. Okay, so you just let it come to you then, rather than yeah, yeah. Like, the but I'm open to it. I'm always open to it. Sure. All right, makes sense. But yeah, I'm not searching. Okay. Cool. Um. All right. Well, look, we'll we'll jump into the the playlist then. So, song one is a song you fell in love with straight away. So you went for Nikes by Frank Ocean. I mean, I don't know. I I just the the production on it was like the thing that drew me in first. I think mm-hmm. it's like really unique and um dynamic. It's like I love songs that uh start in a certain way and then the whole style of the song kind of changes throughout it. So there's yeah. a moment maybe a third of the way into this song where the beat changes and the tempo changes and a lot of big changes are kind of made and I love that. And then he switches it up and he changes the tempo of his singing and his rapping. Yeah. Um, And there's just like, my housemate is like a producer and he's like, he's given me an appreciation for like the little elements that like you might not notice if you're not actively listening for them, but they just, they they add so much to a song and like this song by Frank Ocean has just the most perfect Kanye does it a lot as well. Just these little things in the background that like just make the whole song sing so much more. Mm. Um, I think if people like went and listened to Nike's right now by Frank Ocean, after me saying that they would know like what I'm talking about. Right. These little things kind of in the background or whatever that just like build the song so much. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I think that that is exactly the thing that that endeared me to the song, even like the first time I was listening to it. Because I, I'll be honest, the first time I listened to it, the only thing I could focus on was that is the the choice of the uh, whatever that voice is in the first yeah. third of the song. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's um, weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's very like um, there was a phase where everyone was doing it. Like I, it reminds yeah. me of like Akon or like when, when T Pain was doing it, and it was like 
kind of a meme. And people hated him for it, like in the hip hop world and in the R and B world, people were sure. really angry. They're like, "You've destroyed music," and I felt like that for years. But now I think it's gotten to a point now where artists are using it in like much more interesting ways. Yeah, and I'm, I still think it's shit sometimes, <laughs> but. I'm less quick to judge it than I was when it started. Yeah. And like even Akon and stuff that used to annoy me. Like I liked some Akon songs, but I was like, like fuck that voice is annoying. Like, <laughs> it's, it felt yeah. like it lacked talent, you know, it was yes. like, Oh, you just, it's like effect it's on masking voice. something, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I think Frank Ocean uses it in a creative way, which I respect. Yeah. So yeah, the first couple of lessons, I was like, God, that voice is just um, a bit, I don't know why people are still doing that. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I. It's very easy to overlook when you're uh, like, even if you don't like it, it's very easy to overlook. But I, I got to a point where I could understand the choice that was being made there, and it yeah, yeah, felt yeah. like it made sense all of a sudden. Um, totally. But yeah, the whole song is just um, yeah, it's incredible. Like, I, and I'm not a massive hip hop fan, but. Um, but yeah right like, so you do like it like even oh, though yeah. the, the voice annoyed you yeah yeah, right. yeah no like the, no I, I i do i do like the song I, I even like the voice now it's just you know that it's that first yeah, lesson it's just yeah. that i totally um, yeah try to overlook it and i'm kind of i've been broadening horizons quite a bit over the last couple of years and i'm kind of at a point for the most part where like the tone of someone's voice might irritate me on one lesson and then on the second lesson I'm like, oh who cares? It's yeah, I'm just yeah, more focused totally. on everything else that's going on. Um yeah. there are loads of bands where the lead singer has like a, a an annoying voice. Um Definitely. but uh but yeah no like I, I really really like the song once I once I got past that. Even the first the first lesson once he got into as you say his flow. Um yeah. It's class. It's great. Really yeah, yeah, yeah 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 um it's also i think it's also a song that's like uh benefits a lot from being played on good speakers i remember like the first i'd heard it lots of times and i loved it straight away and then the first yeah. time i heard it on like big speakers i was like yeah. whoa like yeah. all those elements oh uh, yeah definitely and that's like, I've, I've 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 um invested in really good headphones a few years ago like noise Sick. cancelling yeah yeah um so yeah yeah, yeah. um so yeah, that that's when you start to pick up on certain bits and pieces, and like it's Definitely. a very different listening experience, like compared to just having it on in the car, for example. Absolutely, um, yeah, yeah. But it's it's a, it's a great song. We really liked it. Yeah. Um, yeah. okay, all right. Song two is a song that took you a while, so you went for the message by One Four. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Funny choice. Um, I'm assuming you hadn't heard the podcast. No. No. no, I'm very, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about it maybe first, but I'm very interested to hear what you think. This song, um, well, this whole genre mm. of kind of drill, drill rap, um, I, it took me a while, the whole genre. I was like, what the fuck are they doing? And it sounded um, really grating to my ears. Mm. Um, like I listened to a lot of hip hop and it's just so different the cadence and the flow to the hip hop that I'm used to. Um, and I, the first time I heard this song, my brother showed it to me, like when it first came out and it had this crazy film clip. Have you seen the film clip? No, I haven't actually. It's like um, 
all these guys in Western Sydney and they're just like, they've sort of taken over the streets and they're like letting off flares. And, and it's just like, it's very like, um, like quote unquote, like gangster and, um, provocative and shit. Um, and I was excited by that. I was like, who are these guys? You know, they've got so much bravado. Mm -hmm. The actual song really annoyed me. And then, um, (laughs) I think it was one of those things where like, I was like, I've got to listen to this more. Like, I've got to give these guys more of a chance. And I literally just, like, pushed through and just listened. And maybe on, like, the seventh or the eighth listen, I was like, this is sick. Like, mm. And now, I like, one four are uh, one of my most listened to artists. Like, I play them all the time. I, I fucking love them. Right, um, okay. But, yeah, it took a long time, you know. It, it was, wasn't until the eighth listen or something of that song that I... Yeah actually liked it right okay and are they like what do you think <laughs> um <laughs> yeah i do, i i like I, I did like it i think um it's it's it sounded very strange to me having because for me and I, I don't know anything about the the genre as i say but for me drill is a very british thing it's very english totally yeah style of yeah. rap yeah. and that's like yeah. the the artists that have come across before that have that are like drill or use drill beats or typically uh english um so to hear the australian accent on it sounded just so and i hope none of them are listening because i know they're serious but it sounded yeah. very silly <laughs> in my house yeah, like, yeah yeah this is totally. What, totally. What, are, what are you guys doing like you know, yeah, 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 yeah. 100%, this, this isn't yeah. you. This, and I, it's 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 a weird thing to to wrap my head around because you know, drill feels as I say very very British, like a very British thing. It's obviously they just you know they, they've heard that style and they've been like, okay, that we love this. This is something that we want to yeah. take over here. Yeah, I don't I don't know how I feel about that, and I don't know if there's any like if if there's uh any negative connotations in doing that and just like taking over well, another style or totally I've, I've got like a lot of opinions on this because and they've copped a lot of criticism i think in the music world for doing this like for copying um oh okay british drill right but a lot of people have the same thoughts as you so you're right. not alone okay, <laughs> um but i will say that like um drill um i think it started in chicago and then it, and then it but it it became massive in England and and like all over the UK and mm. um, that's sort of where it became big and and yeah it's definitely known as like a sort of British thing now but um, it's it's a a genre I, I listened to do you know Billy Bragg yeah so I listened to him on a podcast like a few years ago maybe five or six years ago and he was saying that um, someone asked him what's what's your favorite genre of music right now? Mm-hmm. And he said drill. And right. the interviewer was like, what the hell? Like you're Billy Bragg. Like, what are you talking about? Drill. Yeah. Like, yeah. And he gave an answer that I thought was really good where he said that um, as music evolves, there's always a, there's always a brand new genre for the oppressed. So, you know, it was punk at a time. It was folk at a time. Um, and obviously like Billy Bragg came through that era 
but that's mm. not the case anymore. Like those genres aren't the language of the oppressed at this current moment. And he said for him, this was six years ago or something. And it might have even, it might, might have become more commercial now. So it might not be relevant as much, even just from that six years. But six years ago, he said drill is the, the genre at the moment that's the most important because it's the language of the oppressed. Um, mm. And it's got the fire in the belly of um, people who are, you know, sort of being fucked over by the system and who are, you know, criminals a lot of the time. But right. like he would argue forced into a life of crime because of um, systemic oppression. Anyway, mm. so in saying all that, these guys from Australia who won four, they're not like white middle class Aussie guys. They're they're all Pacific Islanders um who live, you know, in an area of Western Sydney that's so far from Sydney, it's it's um it's really like another a whole other city and it's and it's a really um it's a low socioeconomic area and it's it's just so far away from anything. Like when I've been there I'm just like, whoa, it's really far um, to the point where, like, you know, they probably feel isolated in that area and, and, and probably lack resources. I don't want to speak out of turn. like, But, um, you know, it's a, it's a like, ghetto would be, like, the word that gets used. Um, I don't know if that word's, like, become derogatory now or whatever. But you know what I mean. They're, they're, sure. they're oppressed people, one for. And um, they're also, some of them are also criminals and I'm not condoning their violence because it's, it's like pretty fucked up some of the stuff they've done. Um, and I think one of them is still in jail at the moment, but uh, yeah, like in terms of it sounding silly, I, I agree, but I think it would sound a lot more silly if they were guys like me doing it. Does sure. that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. hundred yeah, percent. I mean, it does, it does make sense. Um, the, like the 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 themes that they're rapping about, um, feel very authentic, and it feels like they're basically like it's going to be the same sort of topics that come up in in drill. Definitely, so it does make sense that if you know if you're feeling a certain way, um, as you say, like oppressed or and or you know just you know that you relate to the same themes, um, that this is what you want to sort of recreate when you're making your own music um yeah so yeah it does it does it does make sense um and yeah and yeah to look at at it through that lens it's kind of nice in a way that there's this unifying sound mm. that oppressed people all over the world can relate to and can put their own spin on um And yeah, like you said, it's authentic. Like they're living that life. They're not. Yeah. They're not pretending at all. Oh, I, I was going to say, it, it feels a lot less silly when you see them. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I would I not. I would not call them silly to any of their faces. <laughs> so. yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, at least you're over there in Ireland. You know. Yeah, I exactly. Live in Australia. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. I'm hoping they don't hear me talking about them. <laughs> Uh, all right, cool. Song three is a song from your introduction to music. So you went for Memory Motel by the Rolling Stones. Oh, true. Yeah. Um, are you a Stones fan at all? Yeah. Cool. So um, this song, uh, you know, just a classic sort of corny family story. But um, my dad, we used to do a lot of like long drives when when I was a kid with, with the family. We, um, we, we never did any like, 
big holidays, but we just drive like um, Australia is massive, as you probably know. We drive like yeah. 16 hours from Adelaide to New South Wales um, to this little beach town. And on those drives, dad would have these cassette tapes and a lot of it was like the Rolling Stones and Bob Dylan and stuff like that, Van Morrison, that kind of ilk. Um, and uh, this song was one that like got played a lot in those tapes. And I was really young. I was sort of like, I don't know, like it was like, really like six years old when I started hearing this song or, and mm. properly listening to it. Like I think it was the first song I properly listened to. It's got this like really cool bass guitar in it that like comes in early and it just like drew me in so mm. much. But also years later, like me and my sisters were always on that those drives and I, I don't know the name of this film, but I, I think it's a funny little story is that like my oldest sister she um she always loved that song and when we were on those drives when it came on on the tapes like we all had our favorite songs and that was definitely one of her favorites Mm -hmm. um and it's called memory motel and it's a it's a sort of love song about a um about like mick or one of them um meeting someone called hannah um at this place that he refers to as the memory motel and, and, you know, falls in love at this place. And um, Sarah, my sister, she also like, in her teenage years, she had a favorite film like that she really loved. And I've been meaning to ask her for ages because I just remember this story from back then. Um, But she loved this film so much. And it's set in a real place, this film on at this beautiful like motel that's on the edge of a lake in in like Canada or Wisconsin or one of these sort of North America places. Okay. Anyway, simultaneously, that was her favorite song and that was her favorite film. Right. And then through happenstance, like stumbled across it online or something, she then found out that the song, the the place that inspired that song was the same motel where that film is set. And the Stones spent like a few nights there on a tour and wrote that song that weekend at the, at the memory motel that they refer to. And it's just funny that her favorite film at the same time that her favorite song, they're both inspired by the same exact setting. (laughs) Yeah. It's just a weird coincidence that I've always like enjoyed. Yeah. That's really sweet. I really like that. Yeah. Memory Motel is one like I've I've been aware of, but it was nice. It's nice to properly listen to it um, in in preparation yeah. for this because it's um, it's a it's a beautiful song and you could really get swept up in it. I could see it being like a favorite on a road trip. It's um yeah, it's a really, really nice one. Totally. Yeah. 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 It's beautiful. It goes for a long time. It builds up. It's yeah. It's just yeah. like beautiful. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, song four is a song that makes you happy. So you've gone for Pizza Guys, Touch Sensitive. Yeah. Um, I mean, this song, yeah, so like one of my other genres that I sort of delve into is like, I don't know what you would place this genre as, but it's sort of like this very melodic electronic music. Um mm-hmm. A lot of electronic music for me like just sounds like like a computer malfunctioning or something. <laughs> but there's yeah. enough like melody to it and I think it's really cool when without lyrics you can still um have 
a story and obviously that story is going to be different for everyone and for every listen like every time I listen to that song yeah but there's something about the way it's configured that yeah it takes me to this happy place and and it tells a happy story for me that song right um and if people don't know the song if they they listen to it now I reckon they'll know what I'm talking about like it's so euphoric yeah do you agree with that oh 100 percent. yeah 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 um I was just um, I was just checking how long the song is because um, it's yeah it's one of those you just get you can get lost in um, totally yeah 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 it was it's also like you know I know there's a question later in the podcast about songs that remind you of times and places in your life and stuff and yeah um, it's just for me it's like I grew up in Adelaide and for me that song I think that song came out when I was about nineteen or eighteen or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like the beach around South Australia. It's just like it's the one we would play when we were like at the beach, like having beers with your friends. Oh, so nice! Right, okay. It always reminds me of that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. I think that's the kind of like for this category as well. It's the kind of song I tend to uh, latch on to a little bit more as well because that's kind of yeah. Um, we're talking about a more sort of like chilled blissful kind of relaxed kind of happiness rather than that i know you said euphoric but you know rather than that sort of like super upbeat joyful you know yeah kind of vibe definitely yeah but yeah i i that's so true i think that's the kind of thing i tend to to be um more into really is that kind of like you know beers on a beach kind of vibe like the very yeah 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 it's kind of subdued and yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Like it's relaxing, even though it's like electronic music, it's it's yeah. still relaxing. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um Yeah. I've said this before in the show, but I think that's like that I th- think the reason I'm drawn to it is like that's the kind of that's what I go for now in my life in terms of happiness. I'm not aiming yeah. to be you know, yeah. euphoric every single day. I'm I'm comfortable. I'm uh Yeah like sort of I think being satisfied and where I am is 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 a big thing and um, being content is a for me a much more difficult thing to obtain and maintain rather than you know as you say happiness that sort of that that more for like euphoric joyful kind of feeling um totally I couldn't agree more so yeah um yeah. I think that's like part of um part of growing up if, if you do it well like is like realizing that you can't be happy all the time and, and you can't yeah. go full throttle with the happiness all the time it's it's just more about having yeah meaning and and you know um, definitely yeah feeling content yeah 100 um all right song five is a song that makes you sad so you went for landslide by fleetwood mac yeah i mean I think if this song doesn't make you sad, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> like something very wrong with you. <laughs> I like, I like, I have this funny thing where, um, because probably because I'm a, a bloke, um, and, uh, I've been socialized as a man, like from very young, I, I struggle to cry when actual sad things happen in my life. I, sure. I um, I generally don't. I can't remember the last time I cried 
because of an actual real thing that happened in my life, even though like sad things have obviously happened. Right. Um, but movies and songs, I just fucking cry. And this song, like, I rarely hear it and don't cry. I usually cry when I hear this song. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, that's my way of when I, you know, get dumped or someone passes away or whatever. It's like two months later, landslide comes on. And I might not even be thinking about that sad thing that's happened in my life. Right. But just her voice and the lyrics will just make me cry. I think the lyrics are so sad and so real, you know, just just yeah. getting older and the landslide of life just just slowly um, bringing you down or... Yeah. 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 Stephen X is unbelievable. Like I am... Yeah, yeah. Later to the game than I'd like to be with Fleetwood Mac. Like uh, my... When I met my no wife we're talking nine years ago i think like she was super into fleetwood mac and i'd listened yeah. to a couple of songs and, and she sort of tried to get me into them a little bit more and it took me a little bit of time to fully embrace it because i i think i was like i th- i think i was put off by the whole drama thing with fleetwood mac i thought yeah. like they're yeah. only successful because of this, like, or they're only famous yeah. because of this whole, like, bitch and session, like, love triangle. Yeah, yeah, totally. Kind of I agree. I think I felt like that, too. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you just, you listen to some of their actual music, and they are insanely good. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's it's funny having those, like, triggers to, like, just get you there emotionally. I have, yeah. yeah, I have a few, but they're not like, I've ones that will make me cry, but they're not necessarily like sad. It's just, uh, I will cry at big things. Um, the, yeah. the, the two that stand out to me that I talk about on the show are the, um, uh, uh, Lo- love story by, um, Taylor Swift. The, oh uh, yeah. The, the key That's change it. at the end of love story. And, uh, yeah. 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 the yeah. last scene the last uh, big concert of um, School of Rock. Oh, yeah. Don't know why. Every time <laughs> that's that last song yeah. starts, I'm just like I'm welling up instantly. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, but um, that's maybe slightly different. Um, so I'm just curious about this. We don't have to talk about this too much if you don't want to, but I'm just curious about this. So, um, say you know you've had something sad that's happened in your life, and then two months later you hear, you hear landslide. Um, are you thinking about the thing that's actually making you sad, like the the event that's happened, and the song is bringing you into that mindset, or is it you you just know that there's some unresolved sadness there, and the song is making you feel that? Yeah, I think I think it, it can be both, but I think you're right. If if it's if a sad thing has happened that I haven't processed, yeah, it brings it it brings it to the light, and right, you know. I think when I first started talking about this like a minute ago, like I was thinking of it as like an unhealthy thing, but it it, it is still, I am still processing it. It's just delayed. Um, Mm. And, you know, maybe it's too raw at the, at the moment to process it. Like when it, when it's raw and it's just happened and songs like this, that's why music is so fucking amazing. And like, I literally can't, 
conceive of a world without music it would just be the most horrible place i believe because yeah for me songs like this are so important because as you say i think it is i think it it does bring that sadness i yeah i'll think about it in that moment when she's singing um and and then i'll i'll cry um and then there's other times where maybe something sad hasn't happened recently Mm. um and the song will just come on and i'll cry from a general almost like it's one of those songs that makes me feel nostalgic and I don't even know what for like I just cry from like a general nostalgia or sadness or something and it's Mm -hmm. it's not it's not painful but it's just like this general like oh you know yeah there's there's some sadness in the world in Mm. my life whatever yeah yeah I get you I think that makes sense I mean I think obviously the only like potentially as you say unhealthy thing about it is not being in control of when you're going to have that that moment yeah, you know like so you know yeah. being in a starbucks and that's the landslide so comes on you're like Fuck, i have to really leave good point. um <laughs> yeah. but, i have <laughs> had moments like that for sure yeah right it's a really um, good point <laughs> thank you uh all right we'll move on song six is a song to relax to so you win for grandma's hands by bill withers yeah yeah um any bill withers really is i find so relaxing um this song yeah this is my favorite bill withers song and i don't know i don't even know how to talk about it i think it's like an example of like a perfectly simple song like there's there's in a way so little to it um Mm -hmm. just this sort of repeated melody that's just so so um uh kind of draws you in and then obviously his voice is like i think he's got like or had one of the best voices of all time, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I don't, I can't really think of a voice that I think is better sounding than Bill Withers. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm listening to when I just want to like chill. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I find, I, I do find that kind of that music very compelling. I got into a few years ago. I got into a really big um, Ray Charles phase. Yeah. Oh, um, oh my god. So, and yeah, the, like some of those songs were, again, it was just it was just the simplicity of them. It was just like like completely blown away by you know it's just yeah yeah. There's nothing to it, um, in terms yeah. of like the the production of the composition, but it's just stunning. It's just done in, it's yeah. so beautifully, um, yeah. And yeah, I, I, there's a there's a real warmth to it as well with this song. There's a real Probably. sort of like, um genuine love to it too um yeah it's just it's just beautiful yeah i think warmth is like the best word to describe this song it's Mm. like the stuff he's saying and also the the musical elements like there's nothing like cutting or jarring in the whole song even like the syllables and the way he rolls his tongue it's all rounded and soft and warm yeah. It's like sitting in front of a fire. That's what this song feels like. I yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um the only jarring thing about this song is obviously it's sampled in No Diggity, um, which is you know, a different vibe. <laughs> but you know, sometimes I've listened to the song and I just I can't help but go back into that no diggity frame of mind. 
which is not ideal. It's that's like an annoying thing about sampling. It's like, yeah, like I, I love sampling in hip hop, and I think it's really clever, and and like I love no diggity, but yeah. um, it is kind of frustrating how it's like <laughs> the original. If you listen to the, if you if you've grown up or whatever, heard no diggity a lot, and then come to find this, yeah. you'll always have that little bit of no diggity in your head. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. <laughs> That little bit of no digging in your head is a great sound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like a metaphor for like feeling a certain way. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing okay. I got a little bit of no diggity in my head. <laughs> How's your day been? Yeah, I've had a little bit of no diggity in my head. Yeah. I, th- I, I think like that works. It's, like, it's just that you've just got that little, like, that little doubt, that little feeling that you just, you, don't yeah, want to focus on yeah. but you can't quite get rid of it just got that little Definitely. bit of no diggity on my head man yeah <laughs> that's great oh, i really hope that becomes like a new slang term yeah irish people are really good with like slang uh, aussies are sort of known for it as well yeah, uh, yeah. i really like irish slang i hope, I hope yeah. it takes off in in both our countries a little bit of yeah 100 does that uh, i'm trying to think does it does it feel more irish or australian trying to think irish irish you think, Australia, me, you think sure. irish yeah 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 i think irish slang has like a like a like a poetry about it or a I yeah sure. i think it's really beautiful a lot of the time um, yeah when i was in edinburgh um i don't know if this is a thing in irish slang as well but scottish people were saying to me what's the story instead of saying like how's it going or what's up I, or whatever i think that's more irish than it is scottish but yeah what's the right, story yeah right yeah, yeah. well yeah yeah um that, that was when i was in scotland was the first time i'd heard it and i right. loved it i reckon that's such a cool <laughs> way of saying how you're going and then like i had one guy come up to me and he just said story he was just yeah. like story yeah and i was like what <laughs> what about what like what do you want yeah, me yeah. to tell you <laughs> yeah oh you got you got to ease people it. into that man you can't you can't just go straight yeah. in with story yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh that's funny um all right, cool. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to lock in that phrase. That's great. Uh, right, song yeah. seven is a song from your pre-teen years. So you went for These Days by Powderfinger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Powderfinger were massive when I was, like, well, they were, they were massive um, as a band, but also just in my life, they were really big for me when I was about 12 years old, mm-hmm. 11, 12 years old. Um do you had you ever heard of Powderfinger before this? No. So that I feel like they're one of those bands that um never never made it outside of Australia. But right. I think you you would be very hard pressed to find anyone in Australia around my age or your age or even a bit younger, a bit older, who doesn't know Powderfinger. I think they're sure. one of those ones that were like at a time probably the biggest band in this country, but I don't think right. they ever cracked it overseas. Um but this song, yeah, it makes me think of my family as well. My sister, my oldest sister, who I was talking about before, she was a massive Powderfinger fan. My middle sister was as well. My brother was a huge Powderfinger fan for a bit. Um, they're just very, like, quintessentially Australian like, of that time, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and this song, it plays at the end of um, a Heath Ledger movie, an Australian movie called Two Hands. Okay. which is one of my favourite films of all time. It's sort of where Heath Ledger like had his first big break kind of thing. Sure. Um, 
It's a great movie. Everyone should check out Two Hands, one of my favourite Aussie movies. Um, and right at the end, in the last sort of scene, the last passage, this song these days plays, and it's so evocative. Mm. Um, I love the slow start of it and then the way it builds and becomes more emotional as it goes further into it. Um, and when you spoke earlier about the final scene in School of Rock making you cry, there's... um. There's a video on YouTube, which I highly recommend, which is Powderfinger disbanded um, a few years ago, mm-hmm. a while ago now. Um, and when they did, you know, people loved them so much, this band. I, I think people really loved their music. Like, they're one of those bands that, like, yeah, they made people cry. And, and so many people in Australia have so many memories that are um, where, where Powderfinger would have been the soundtrack for them. Mm. and they played a final show in Brisbane, like their last ever concert. They're from Brisbane. Um, And the last song they played was this song, and it's the most emotional fucking YouTube video. The band members are crying, and, you know, it's already an emotional song, I think, and and there's people in the crowd, all tears streaming down their faces, and it's just really beautiful. I also love in that song, like in that video, it's their last song and they, I don't think any of the Powderfinger band members are like Aboriginal Australian people, but they've got like a big Aboriginal flag on the thing behind them. And I don't know, I just like that element of it as well, just like yeah. repping the Indigenous people. And yeah. it's just beautiful. Yeah. 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 But um, I can, I can see, I can see the, uh, the opening part of the song lending itself to um a movie very well um, and yeah, so totally. very like yeah. emotive and yeah yeah i think i've talked in like so many recent episodes about frightened rabbit um that i'm not going to talk about it on this on this show but uh <laughs> there's a very similar thing for me of like of like you can tell when you're in a particular audience of people who are genuinely very emotionally connected to the music yeah. or to yeah. a particular band yeah. um yeah so yeah I, I could see why listening to a band go out for the final time on this song would yeah, yeah. Would, yeah. would would bring some tears there for sure absolutely and like if they if Powderfinger announced tomorrow that they're like reforming or doing one last tour or whatever, yeah, the crowd that went to those shows, these hypothetical shows, like it would be, it would be people my age and older, and yeah. they would be so invested. You know, they yeah. buy tickets straight away, even mm. if they're um, busy and they've got families and life's sort of taken over, even if they haven't been to any live music in 10 years or whatever, yeah. they would be like, oh, my God, this is, yeah, they were really, I think Powderfinger were like the soundtrack to a lot of people's lives at a certain point in Australia. I yeah. think, I don't think that's overplaying it. Yeah, sure. It. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great song, though. Really liked it. Yeah. Um. Okay, song eight is a cover. So you went for Buckskin Stallion Blues by Amy Anno. Yeah. Um, this song just really, really fucking spoke to me. It's quite a new one for, for me, like this cover. I, I, um, 
I actually discovered it. Um, have you ever seen the movie Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Marty McDonough is my favorite filmmaker. He's um, of course you've seen it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's amazing. He, he's incredible. And um, yeah, I, like all his films, that 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 probably is the one that like hit me the most. Um, but I I love all his films. Um, yep. yeah, it's a beautiful fucking story. Like I just love great storytelling, and I think yeah. him. And his brother, or maybe it's his cousin, or whatever. There's another guy that has the same last name as him. Joe Michael he, McDonough is his, his brother. Yeah, great storyteller as well. Like I yeah. just love the way they write films. Um, yeah. But one thing that I found really captivating about Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, or or that really like was impactful for me was that at the very start of the movie, the opening scene. I think it's um. Frances McDormand driving through town and, and and she sees the three billboards. Or maybe it's, no, it's the second scene. There's a scene before. Anyway, whatever. Right at the start of the movie, the original of this song plays, Buckskin Stallion Blues, and it's by a, a male guy. Um, and it's, it's, um, it's good, but it's not as emotional as this cover by Amy Annell. Um, anyway, it's, it's sort of more like, musical and like upbeat um and that plays at the very start of the film and then at the end of the film the final scene when her and the ex-cop um uh driving off into the sunset sort of thing this mm. amy anel version plays and i love when you know maybe it's maybe it's an easy trick or whatever people might say but i love it in films and even tv shows and movies whatever um, when there's a repetition like that, but it's slightly different. Like if a if a song is played in an early scene and then the cover of it is played later, it always like feels really nice to me as like a way of wrapping up the film. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I just like I, I was like I think I saw it in the cinema, and I was I downloaded the soundtrack to the whole movie like the next day. Right. Um. Because I loved the whole soundtrack, but yeah, that song. Mm. I still listen to it regularly. I love it. I love yeah. the version of that song. Yeah. I think I'll I'll need to go ahead and download that soundtrack actually or get back into that. Right. I haven't I saw it twice in the cinema, I haven't watched it since, but I I really need to. Um I definitely find this the more the, the more compelling of the two, you know, between the, the, the cover and the original. Yeah. Um like I, I really like Towns of Unsands, but um I uh, yeah, I do think this is the more sort of emotive, and I I'm probably with you there. Is like the reason that I find it more compelling, the reason I enjoy it more, is because of Three Billboards. It's probably the reason I yeah. draw onto it a little bit more. Um, and yeah. I I think that's often the case with covers. Is sometimes it's not necessarily about what's better. It's just about the one that you've felt that connection yeah. to. You know, quite often with covers, it's totally. like it's 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 about the one you've listened to first <laughs> sometimes yeah. it's like yeah oh, i heard 100%. the cover i didn't yeah. realize that i didn't realize it was a cover um yeah. and then i listened yeah. to the original i don't like the original as much um yeah it's yeah it's that's often the way it goes but um but yeah it's it's a beautiful song regardless it's it's yeah it's 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 really really lovely and yeah it it lends itself to the film very very well for sure yeah yeah yeah. I think also, like, if I, I don't know how we're going for time, but like, just like honorable mentions. 
like I didn't choose them because they're so well known, but I think no. that her Johnny Cash's cover of her sure. um, by Nine Inch Nails and Jeff Buckley's cover of Hallelujah are like both examples where for me, and I think probably for a lot of people, the cover has taken the song to a whole new level, mm. given it a whole new meaning, a whole new feel. Like I reckon if you're talking about like who's done a cover the best, I think like Jeff Buckley and Johnny Cash have like defined what it means to do a cover well with those two. Yeah. 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 I think Hurt, Hurt, like I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of Hallelujah, but I think Hurt for me is, is definitely, is the yeah. one for me. It, it's been on the show a couple of times, but yeah, it, um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It takes it, as he said, to, to a whole new place. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, cool. Song nine is a song you would sing a karaoke. So you have gone for like a Rolling Stone by Bob Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> Simply because I, I'm pretty bad at karaoke. I've got a terrible voice. But um, sure. I sung this once at karaoke and I think I was with an older crowd. It was like when I first got into stand-up comedy and I was I was really young when I started stand-up comedy. I think I, I was 17 when I did my first gig. Mm-hmm. And um, this would have been a year or two after that. Maybe I was 18 or 19, but most of the comedians I was hanging out with were a lot older. And we had like our, it was in Adelaide. We had, there was like an Adelaide comedy community kind of thing. And we um, had like our Christmas party and, and they give out awards and shit like that. And we went to karaoke afterwards. And I just chose that song because I know every word to that song. So I knew right. I could like nail it and I wouldn't even have to look at the screen or whatever. But um, I think um, that I earned some respect because the people I was hanging out with were like a fair bit older than me. I think sure. they probably envisioned me choosing something very different. Um, and even though I've got a fucking shocking voice and I probably absolutely like killed that song and like made it sound horrible it, yeah i think um i gained a level of respect just by the fact that i knew every word to a bob dylan song right okay all right so yeah that is that's my karaoke song i don't think i've sung it at karaoke since i don't think i've really done karaoke much since i think i've only sure. done it like twice since because i'm just such a bad singer that it's like <laughs> i don't want to put people through that shit you know <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, we were talking earlier about, um, you know, I, you know, I was saying about the the whole the the pain voice, you know, like it gets to the point where I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I can already feel the knife sharpening for me, like slightly comparing yeah. Bob Dylan and pain but um, the, <laughs> the idea of looking past a voice. Uh, like the the quality yes. of someone's voice yeah. and like looking at you know everything yeah. else that's going on in the song, um, and yes, I've I've talked about this extensively. Uh, I um, uh, talked about this in Lena Moon's episodes quite a bit around this the the, the Bob Dylan voice. Um, yeah, I am not a fan, and I think if you're going to do a song karaoke and you don't have a good voice i don't think you can butcher a bob dylan song i think <laughs> he's already a done point. a pretty good job of doing that <laughs> a really good point. yeah um, that's a good point <laughs> but uh but yeah no i think it's i think it's a good choice and yeah if you're definitely definitely if you're going for the for the respect angle for the uh the older the older crowd then yeah yeah i think that's a good one yeah i also think like 
with Dylan's voice, it's like it's just different for everyone. And I think most people can recognize that he has a shit voice. Like I'm a massive Bob Dylan fan, but I know he has a shit voice. But for me, um, the shitness of it is it, like it's actually gotten to a point. Like originally, I probably listened to him for the lyrics, or just because Dad was playing him, and I listened to the lyrics, and that was probably what I liked about it the most at the start. But I've listened yeah. to him so much that now the shitness of his voice sounds good to me. Sure. The very, okay. the very thing that's shit about it is the <laughs> thing that I love about it. If that makes sure. sense. Yeah. 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 I mean, it does sound a little bit like a Stockholm syndrome thing going on there, but um, <laughs> yeah, but but no, I is. think there is there's there's an authentic authenticity to his yeah. voice and to his music that that like they landed they land themselves to each other very well, I think with um yeah, yeah. with that. So yeah, I, it makes sense. Um, but yeah, as as a karaoke choice, I I respect that. I respect you know the recognition of a bad voice and just going like right i'll go bob dylan yeah can't, yeah, can't, can't do much worse than bob, bob dylan. dylan yeah can't <laughs> really put your bob dylan absolutely yeah <laughs> yeah all right uh song 10 is a song that reminds you of a specific place so you went for money trees by kendrick Lamar. yeah this song reminds me of adelaide where i grew up um i uh i think i mentioned mentioned kendrick before he's probably like my favorite artist like living or dead or whatever you know if someone asked me that question it's probably Kendrick um Mm -hmm. for a lot of reasons and this this song doesn't really uh the the things I love about Kendrick are more to do with like his lyricism and and um the poetry of his of his songwriting and his rapping um Mm -hmm. but this this song I don't think really does that there's a really amazing verse on it by Jay Rock, which I, I love that verse, but Kendrick's part doesn't really have much like intricate rapping or whatever. Sure. But this song, um, this was sort of like my first introduction to Kendrick Lamar and it, it came out, I reckon, when I was in year 12 at school. I was about to finish school. And then that year after school, um, which is, I think, a, a weird time for a lot of like young people and I was probably smoking too much weed and, didn't really know what I was doing with my life. Like, of course, you know, a lot of people don't know what they're doing with their life, especially at that age. Um, Mm -hmm. But just feeling a bit lost and me and my friends would drive around, smoke weed and listen to Kendrick Lamar and just drive around the city to different like spots and different fucking parks and Mm. (laughs) sit in the car smoking weed. And that song was the one that was getting played the most. We just fucking adored it. Like, we loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it always, whenever I hear it, it reminds me of Adelaide. It reminds me of that group of, you know, five or six guys who we we would drive around in the cars and, and do that with. It's like, it just brings all that back. Mm, yeah. Yeah. There's something very, like, I, I no, I think we had very different um, uh, teenage experiences here because I, I grew up Christian, so... Um, we yeah. certainly were not smoking weed, but um, my my friends and I did like when someone had a car, just get in the car and go somewhere and just like just yeah. sit and chat. And then we had we had music playing. We were just sitting chatting and like into the early hours of the morning and stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, even now that's something I'm very nostalgic for is like those totally. those moments because and I think like a lot of it is just the fact that you know you're in that lovely in-between phase where you have like this sort of the 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 
the freedom that being an adult brings without the responsibility of Absolutely. being a proper adult. So, you know, you're not worried about money or, you know, uh, a roof over your head or anything like that. You're just like, yep. yeah, you can just get in a car and you've got 10 quid so you can go to McDonald's and um exactly That's yeah exactly it's, what it was like yeah yeah um it's that independence you know yeah that's yeah that's exactly what it is just being able to do what you want with your friends and we didn't want to do much we just wanted to drive around and see no, the car yeah and to like, that was all we did yeah yeah um a question about this song why is why do you feel like yabish feels like more more of a slap in the face than like actually being called a bitch. <laughs> do you know what um, I mean? Yeah, yeah, I do. It's like dismissive or something. It's like... Yeah, like... yeah, I think it's dismissive. And he does that, like, that really high-pitched voice, mm-hmm. um, which, like, from listening to a lot of Kendrick Lamar, I think that high-pitched voice, he does all these different voices and sounds with his voice and shit. And, like, that's his... This album is like his um, kind of. It's a it's an aggressive, violent album in a lot of ways. Right. Um, it's it's also like a lot more thought out than that. It's not glorifying violence in any way. It's it's um it's like doing the opposite. But um, it's the album is it's it's a it's like a movie. It's a day in the life of Kendrick Lamar, and it's a day in which like a lot of violence happened. And I think. His, his friend got shot um, and him and his mates retaliated. Um, and that's sort of the story that goes on throughout the album. And this song comes towards the end of the album when the whole tone of the album is getting more aggressive and, and more. Um, mm. It's like he's, yeah, he's, um, I don't know. that. Yeah, there's some, yeah, I, I agree. I think there's something really dismissive about like your bish. Yeah, Bish. it's like I'm not even giving you the the fucking respect of calling you a bitch. I think yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's not it's yeah. not direct conflict. It's like get away. It's like a sort of yes, side exactly. swipe kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly right. It's like you're nothing to me. Yeah, like bitch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it though. It's fun. Yeah. Um, all right. Song eleven is a song that reminds you of a specific person. So you went for Baby Jesus is Nobody's Baby Now by Julia Jacqueline. Yeah. Um, have you listened to any Julia Jacqueline? I wonder whether she's cropped up doing this podcast with Australians. She's quite big in Australia at the moment. Um, I don't think so. I do have a nah. I do have a spreadsheet um, I can refer on I can refer back to, but I don't remember having any uh, Julia yeah. Jacqueline before. I dare say she will at some point. Um. It, at some point when you're talking to an Australian, I think she probably will. She's, I think she's, for me, she's like the best songwriter um, in Australia at the moment. Um, and I fucking love this song so much. Um, there's a lyric in it right at the start, which reminds me of my dad. That's that's who this song reminds me of. Um, right. Where she goes, she's talking about Christmas and, and the sort of, the the dark side of Christmas, the you know the family dramas and the, the stress and just the the loneliness that Christmas sometimes brings and all these things. That's what comes to mind for me with this song. Um, yeah, and 
for me, Christmas was always a really stressful time. Like, um, my my parents are they're still together and they're great and and they're they're happy in their relationship. But you know, for a lot of my childhood, it was like a lot of conflict. Um, and anytime there was a big event like Christmas, it just stirred up all that conflict and, and it just started fights and arguments and and you know you throw in extended family into that mix and that's got its own like it's lovely and it's amazing but you know there's arguments there's disputes all this shit yeah and my dad my dad's been trying to quit smoking um for my whole life at that ever since i remember right. anything he's he's always been trying to quit smoking um, sure. and there's a line very early in the song where she's um singing about christmas and she says I watched I watched him pick a pack of smokes out of the bin. Right. His time of years always been so hard on him. Mm-hmm. And I just can't um hear that line without thinking of my dad, especially my dad around Christmas with that stress and you know yeah, there were lots of times where I saw dad do stuff like that, pick a pack mm-hmm. of smokes out of the bin. I think it's such a good lyric because it's um you know, we're talking about films before and and the McDonald's and stuff and this this big thing in in any storytelling where it's like show don't tell um so don't don't just have a lyric where you're like my dad feels really depressed around christmas yeah instead of doing that use that imagery of he Mm -hmm. i've watched him pick a pack of smokes out of the bin and let the listener take whatever meaning they want from that i think it's like the most fucking beautiful lyric i love it like it conjures such an image in my mind of my dad yeah yeah Yeah. um yeah there's there's a lot of that it's a it's a beautifully written song um Mm. i'm a big fan of it yeah but there's 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 a lot of that stuff i mean there's so many lines in this song that sort of like that's the the image that pops into my head you know like the whole like i tried so hard to make his my uncle shut his mouth and grandma cried can't this wait and then the the next verse is about you know the family asked me to sing them all a song and it's get up in the lounge while they keep the TV on. It's, it's yes. that is, yeah. Yeah, get up yes. in the lounge while they keep the TV on. And then, like, a, pick a fun one. And yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if she's saying I pick a fun one or someone asks me to pick a fun one either it's way. In, and then it's in quotes it, on the lyrics that I'm looking at, which implies it's really? someone else saying pick a fun uh, one. Because yeah. I've always thought that it's like someone's yeah. like, like, come on, like, sing a song, pick a fun one. Yeah. And then even the line after that that's like, plates of cold cuts tremble in their lap like when they're clapping it's just so the imagery so good in this song yeah yeah Uh, yeah. it's i'm really glad you had that experience with it that's really cool yeah 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 it conjures up stuff about christmas really well i reckon yeah 100 percent. and i mean like you say all the time in, in media it's such a universal thing is like the this the stress of christmas the stress of like family gatherings yeah. around christmas everyone's experienced it in some form or yeah. another i would imagine ed anyone listening to this song would find something from that song that they would relate to or like you know would would, would bring agree. back some kind of image for them um yeah. but as you say it's 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 done in it's done in like this beautiful way that is so like specific but so universally um uh accessible it's definitely yeah exactly and that yeah i think 
she is so good at that. It's so specific, mm. her lyrics. Like she's got this other song about not wanting to cry in front of her housemates and she talks about leaving. She's like, I haven't lived here long enough. I don't know them well enough to cry in front of them yet. So she sure. goes for a walk and she goes to the local footy oval and just cries and and then on her way back she says to herself like oh what am I going to do so she like buys a loaf of bread or some milk or whatever and she says to herself like when you come back in you say we can never have too much bread and just like these they're kind of almost mundane these little life details yeah and they just like evoke so much even in their mundanity sort of thing yeah yeah I really like that like I'm I'm sold. I got, I got to listen to yeah. Julia Jackson. Yeah. Um, yeah. After I watched all the Martin McDonough movies, but yeah. I'll, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Song 12 is a song that motivates you. So you went for Toothache by JK. Yep. Um, yeah. Like just been listening to a lot of UK grime and, and shit lately. And um, this song is fucking just pumps me up so much i um i think this is one that like the first time i heard it it was too jarring for me like it's so right fast and aggressive and um whatever and it's one that i would just never listen to if i was like you know like we're talking about grandma's hands like that's mm. for that you know it, there's only one instance where i would listen to toothache and it's if i'm like either working out or like I'm feeling tired, but I need to be up and about. Like I'm going to comedy or whatever. I just want to psych myself up. And yeah. I think it's just perfect for that. Yeah. 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 Um, first thing I'll say on this is when I saw this on a list, this, this tells you how out of touch I am with hip hop. When I listened to the song, I was uh, shocked because I was expecting JK of uh, Jamiroquai. Yeah. So... <laughs> It's a different, different energy. Um, Very different. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, great song though. I, I, it's yeah, very intense. I think it's the it's is, so intense is yeah. the main word, yeah. and it's, it's so intense. It goes extremely hard. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, there's certain times in my life where I, um, you know, I've always loved hip hop and there's certain moments where I'm like, I want like that raw, rough, like one, four, right. listen to them. Yeah. That, just that aggressive fucking bravado mm-hmm. of hip hop. And like yeah. this song, I reckon is the epitome of that. Yeah. It's just like, I'm coming in hard, like a fucking pit bull, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Something about his voice as well, like in this in this song, it's like he's on the brink. When yeah. you listen, it's it, it totally. Is, it's oh, that's it's such like a he's, good point. Yeah, it feels like he's going very hard at it, and it there yeah. are. I, I I don't know if it's a if it's a choice or if it's just 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 his voice, but you know, like there are other rappers that you listen to that would maybe perform this, but it feels like maybe slightly more within their range. And it feels yes, more comfortable, yes. whereas this feels yes. like someone who's just like pushing themselves at their very limit, which is definitely just yeah, uh, all the more compelling. Yeah, that really adds to it. It's like he's like going as hard as he, literally as hard as he can. That's yeah. what it feels like. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
um yeah great one though so in terms of motivating then so you said it's just this is working out or like um do you say getting ready for comedy or is it just like if you're a bit yeah 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 Yeah. so sometimes yeah so sometimes i'll um have comedy comedy is a funny one because like um you know you have to be really on for it you have to be really at your at your sharpest and the time of day that comedy happens is you know where we're socialized and also like i think physiologically like we're just trained to be winding down at that time of night you know the show starts right. at 8 30 or 9 p.m yeah and at, at 7 p.m i'm at home and i've got to go to comedy now i've got to go and be as switched on as possible so there's a lot of times in my life where when i get in that shower i yeah. like I can't put julia jacklin on i can't put bill <laughs> withers on like it's gonna have the wrong yeah, effect sure. Yeah, and that's when I go for songs like this, and this is like the main one at the moment for me. Right. J.K. Toothache, and I just and it's like splashing water on my face, or you know, mm. slapping myself in the face. It's like, come on, like let's fucking go. Yeah, and my style of comedy is nothing like that. Like I'm, <laughs> I would say I'm very, I'm very subdued and and like almost a bit dopey on stage. Like I'm not fucking coming in hard or fast, but it, but I. I definitely have to be at my sharpest when I do comedy. Um, yeah, of course. So yeah, this song gets me there. Yeah. Right. Okay. Makes sense. All right. Perfect. Um, song thirteen then is a song that someone introduced you to. So you went for "Hard to Explain" by The Strokes. Yeah. Um, my first girlfriend introduced me to this song. Um. And yeah, I think it's just always like a special one because of that. Like she was my first love. Um, and you know, the the relationship was pro- especially towards the end, like fraught in some ways or whatever, but she's just always got like a spot in my heart. Um, because it yeah, it was a really great time in my life. And and I think for her as well, I think we really fucking loved each other. And um we were laying in a park in Adelaide. I was like maybe 22 or something like that and um maybe younger maybe 20 or 21 and and she was talking about the strokes and I was like yeah I don't really know the strokes and she like couldn't believe it and this was her favorite song about the strokes and she played it to me and I I think we only listened to it once that's the other funny thing like but it stuck in my memory so it solidified so there's something about that moment I can picture that moment like clear as day laying in that park I know the exact spot we were in in the park I could walk Mm. to that park and like point at the spot of ground we were on like it's just one of those core memories and Mm. um it's also not a hugely well-known songs like it's not like last night or whatever one of their massive hits so it rarely comes into my life but it'll be, you know, once every few years at a bar or something, this song will come on and she comes to mind instantly. Like there's right. nothing else that comes to mind when I hear this song. It's just her straight away. And sure. I think that's really nice. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if you said that, but did, did you like the song when she introduced you to it? Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. But I never like, I never went and listened to it more. Like I liked right. it. I liked it like, oh, yeah, that was good. Um, and that's sort of how I feel about the strokes generally. I'm like, sure. oh, yeah, that's okay. Like, yeah. um, I like, because after that, I probably, you know, I listened to them more and shit. Um, but yeah, I never, I never go and listen to the strokes or very rarely. Um, sure. If they come on, I'm like, yeah, this is okay. Yeah. Um, 
yeah but yeah it's not my favorite song or anything like that but it just definitely reminds me of that person yeah Yeah. do you like the strokes i i was thinking about this when i was listening to the what because when when i was listening to the song i was actually thinking to myself do i like the strokes um (laughs) and i'm i've tried to think of the best analogy for how i feel about the strokes but um and i'm i'm still not there but what i'm gonna go for is like i feel like the strokes are like there's something slightly distant about them. There's something like mm-hmm. slightly hazy or foggy about them. And I feel like yeah. if if I'm not in the right mood and they're there, it feels very dull. There's something just very, yes. like, just a bit. Yeah, like you almost wouldn't notice them. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. if I'm in the right mood and I'm prepared to like sit in the mist with them, Mm-hmm. I'm very invested. Like I really like yeah. that album. So if I if I feel like I'm going to be in the mood to like engage with the album properly, I feel like I could like rock out to that album or I could really like enjoy yeah. it. But it's yeah, there's something slightly as I say slightly distant. It's it's kind of like you're listening to the album like in the car. You know what we said about like listening on good yeah. speakers versus like listening in the car. There's there's something about the quality of their music that's like I, th- I don't know. It feels like there's a bit of effort to like really sit in their music. That's um, so true. I think his voice is a big part of that. Like I think his voice is um, yeah, like it's nonchalant and it's it almost sounds like he doesn't really fully want to be there. You know, <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. I think people love. Like I, yeah, I, and sometimes I love that sound, but yeah, I think it's like it's almost like he's like eh. he's like half-heartedly the opposite to JK. He's sort of half-heartedly singing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's the opposite? That he's going as soft as he can. Um, yeah, yeah, minimal effort. Yeah, 100%. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but um, but no, that's 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 really beautiful. Um, I really like that. I I love that, especially you know, um, those kinds of stories where it's like at the start of a relationship. That's always when it's like very exciting and yeah. There's something very romantic about sharing music together in a in a moment like that as Definitely. well. Um, yeah. It's it's yeah, it's always slightly nicer when you really like the music as well. But um, yeah, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> if it, <laughs> this is kind of like this is um, something I talk about quite a bit on the show is the um, Garden State. Have you, have you seen mm, that? Yeah. yeah, you know the yeah, um, yeah. the scene with the shins and uh, yeah, yeah. woman introduced yeah. to the shins, and I yeah. like I love that scene because for me that's such a boring song. Um, totally. Uh, so yeah, this is like this. This feels quite similar in a way, but it's still very romantic. Definitely, very yeah, romantic. yeah, yeah. No, a hundred percent. Yeah, it's like the song didn't like. I wasn't like, oh, this song's amazing. Yeah, all. yeah. It was a chance to be close and yeah. to like, you know, exactly, and to for for her to be like, yeah, this is something I enjoy. Um, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Just share that with her. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah. Very sweet. Yeah. Okay. Uh, song 14 is a song you wouldn't expect to like. So you've gone for 212 by Azealia Banks. Yeah. I, I don't know. I I found this question tricky and I, I went with this one because mm. um, I was thinking about it and I was like, all the songs that were, because that song, I don't know if it was in Ireland, but in Australia, that was one of those ones that was like, like, 
the number one song on the radio for weeks and weeks and weeks. Was it like yeah. that over there? Yeah, big yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and at that point in time, I don't know if it was like maybe 2011, 2012, this sort of thing, mm. all the songs that that were like that, um, that were massive radio hits and stayed on the radio for weeks and weeks and weeks, I, I hated all of them. Um, and so I would have just expected that I would hate this song as well. Sure, um, yeah. And, and maybe even, and actually, this is interesting, I think at the time, because it was getting played on the radio all the time and it was so popular, I think I probably stubbornly was like, this song's shit. And then a few years ago, heard it and I was like, oh, nah, this song is sick. Like, And that thing we were talking about before, that that aspect of hip hop that I really love sometimes in the right setting or in the right moment when it just, it's that bravado and it's that aggression and that like, I don't give a fuck what you think. I'm going to fucking take what's mine. Like, fuck you. Mm. She does that so well in this song. Like it's raw. It's raw in the same way that JK's um, toothache is raw. And I love that rawness. Yeah, and I think I didn't realize that at the time because it was on the radio all the time, and it, you know it was getting played side by side with like "Call Me Maybe" or like <laughs> "Friday" by Rebecca Brecker Black or whatever. So I just yeah, so... I just lumped it in with them. Right. But when I listen back to it now, I'm like, nah, this song is like everything that I love about that aggressive style of hip hop. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I'm right there with you in terms of my journey with 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 two one two um and a. Maybe slightly different in the sense that I think for me, I did enjoy it while it was on the radio, but it took me a while while I was on the radio, like yeah. again to accept that, that there's a song that I'm actually enjoying playing on, like BBC yeah, Radio yeah. One, it's like the big channel. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, it did it did take me a while to accept that, but it's it's a it's a banger. Um, had it on the show a couple of times, and yeah, really, uh, yeah, yeah. It's um, oh, that's cool. It's been the song that motivates a couple of people. Um, I mean, it makes sense. It's yeah. like it is a fucking banger. Yeah, like, yeah. I can't sit yeah, still listen to the song. It's 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 yeah, unreal. exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. So much fun. Um, also that that thing we were talking about earlier of like like that dynamic aspect of songs when they change and you know mm. when she's she's doing the rapping bit or whatever and then and then she goes into that like hey yo mm-hmm. da, da, da. it's just like so different it's yeah. like um i don't know like there's no way to like passively listen to 212 you know yes yeah. it's, it's just like every bit of it is like exciting and yeah 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 it's great um yeah perfect um all right song 15 is a song you think everyone should listen to so you went for Leslie by Dave. Yeah, um, I love Dave. Um, he's like one of my most listened to artists at the moment. And for the last few years, he sort of has been. Um, this song, I just think it's like, you know, I, I think everyone's like globally, people have sort of come around to the the fact that hip hop is, is not um, just silly people talking about how much money they make and and being misogynistic, which I think a lot of people did feel like that for a long time. I think that's shifted now. I think people are accepting that it's a genuine art form. Um, Hmm. And 
I think like this song is just such a good example of like, ah, uh, this is a short story. Like this is a really well-written short story that mm-hmm. it uses all the good elements of storytelling. There's like twists. There's, um, there's like fucking Chekhov's guns in there and things that come back around. And um, he also, Dave is so good with like uh, lyrics that can be interpreted like, like two or three different ways like there's lots of those in here um mm-hmm. de- that are quite deliberate and intentional where he, he sort of means a couple of different things or um just little wordplay moments that are really beautiful like and then the story is fucking important and and um you mm-hmm. know it's a reality and it's a thing that happens a lot and it happens a lot in australia um i think more than most sort of uh countries in the world um it's a big big thing in australia and i think he just does it really well he like explores the darkness of domestic violence in such a um evocative way i think mm-hmm. um it really makes you feel it it ma- makes me really sad this song um, yeah. and in a very different way to the way that landslide makes me sad like it just makes me feel sad for mm. the um people in the world who who are going through this or have gone through it yeah um yeah yeah what did you think of the song oh it's insane it's beautiful it's it's so well done um as you said like it's just it is just a it's a story it's you know it's another another song sort of with a a narrative but this is obviously very deliberate and just plays out like a it's just a a story that's been told um there's yeah. no um i was gonna say there's there's no there's no innuendo to it but i did i did read while i was looking into this song that the um i think in this album two songs later dave basically he has a line yeah. about breaking the fourth wall and about yeah. how leslie is actually about his relatives and i think yeah. there's some speculation yeah. this is maybe about his mum um yeah but it's about it's about I'm pretty I'm pretty sure from listening to that and also his most recent album where he talks about his mum a lot I'm I'm fairly sure it is about his mum. Right. Um which but yeah. you know again devastating. Um yeah. But yeah, it's 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 so compelling and he's such a good like performer, such a good storyteller. This like um yeah. you can you can feel it in in his in his voice. Um, yeah, I was going to compare it to a football commentator, but I don't think I will. Um, but um, <laughs> no, do it. <laughs> well, like, are are you into are you into football into sports? I'm into sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not like I don't know a lot about the football world, but I know. So you know, it's just it's a very basic, and it probably applies to um like uh other other sports as well. But like, I think the best football commentators you can tell you can tell what's more or less what's going on even if you if the words that they were saying made yes. no sense like the yeah. pitching yeah. you know they get more intense yeah. they get like you can oh, and i feel like that you, you can feel like with with dave as well like you, you can feel him getting more like frantic more emotive yes. more like yes. urgent um yes and it's um 
it, I, again, it's another. It's was like eleven and a half minutes long or something. It's it's one that yeah, like yeah. anytime this came yeah. on in the playlist, I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to sit down here for the next yeah yeah, the next yeah. definitely. It's just... not like a. It's not just like it's not gonna come on at your playlist at like a party or something. It's like yeah. a sit down. Yeah. Even I would recommend if people want to listen to this song, I would read the lyrics as well, either yeah. before or after or during, um, because yeah. you might miss things and. Um, I think that's such a good description of his voice in the song. It becomes more and more urgent. That's the that's the word that I think sticks out the most. It's mm. the urgency builds and builds, and then when she is abused, it get it sort of reaches this really intense point. But then it gets even more urgent at the very end of the song when he um, talks about how this is you know a reality for so many people and and he sort of says there's people in your life there's women in your life yeah and he's really talking to the listener in that moment and he's like you've got fucking women in your life who have had shit like this happen to them mm-hmm. and he said there's this one line that i really love that's like um uh no matter the culture this shit's awful mm. like men try to twist it make it seem like it's your fault or something yes. like that yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. i just think that's like that's i think that's a quite a brave line because like um you know this shit does happen in in every culture around the world and he's so right it's like no matter what like no matter no matter what the fucking culture the context whatever this shit's fucking awful and mm-hmm. um I just really love that line, and and it and it, it he's almost really pleading at the end of the song there, and then he has another line about like, um, sort of pleading with women to go find help, but then he also has the awareness of having a line that's like, I know that I can never like he says, I understand, but I can never understand. Yeah. Um. So he also has that awareness to say that, but at the same time, he says, you know, please talk to someone or, or you know, try and. Um. Yeah, get get out of this situation, and then, and yeah, but he, but he, he, you know, he doesn't put the onus on women. He's he's much more speaking to men, and and just saying this this shit's fucked up. Like, yeah. Um. Yeah, I I think it's a really really beautiful song. Yeah, and you know, if it is about his mum, which I think you know we both sort of think it is, I think it's so clever that he based it on a random woman on the train um yeah because that it it you know i get the train a lot and and you see that shit you know? just on on dave did you ever see him do um black at the brits yeah yeah it's incredible right yeah i it's, it's just incredible it's it's the same as this it's just like it's a it's an absolute work of art and it yes i yeah. think this this is a song like leslie's a song and i think his performance of uh, Black at the Brits is the same. It's like, I think this, these are songs that do transcend the genre. I don't think you need to be yeah. a hip hop fan or to understand. Yeah. I don't think you even need to like have a background into like where Dave's coming from um, no. to appreciate these songs. He's just so good at laying out a story or laying out a narrative and um, making it very clear and, concise even though it is like as i say like an 11 minute song there's like a lot packed into it as well yeah there's yeah. no there's no um superfluous lines there's nothing that doesn't need nothing to be wasted it's yeah all absolutely. important yeah yeah um and i think that's exactly right you can come at this from any sort of 
understanding of hip hop and it wouldn't matter. It's just like it's fucking like literature. It's a it's a yeah. beautifully written story. He's got another song um on his newer album. Similarly, he puts it at the very end of the album. I think it's the second last song again. Um and it's called Heart Attack. And it's a lot of it's about his mum. And it's very similar. I'd highly recommend you and, and other people listen to that song. If, if, have, do you know that song? I don't know, but I'll, I'll check it out. Very similar feel. It goes for yeah. like eight or nine minutes and it's it's a, a really dense, pretty productive. Amazing. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, perfect. Um, well, yeah, quite a note to end on, but uh, that brings us to a yeah. close. So thank you very much. Thanks so much for having me. This was... I fucking love talking about music and i love how much effort you've put into like um having things to say about each of the songs it's really cool yeah i think like with the fucking phones and shit we're all so like uh things are so quick and you know like we don't have as many chances to properly like dive into things and i Mm. I really love that i appreciate it and that is it for episode 77 of Mixtape and Entity. Thank you so much for listening. A um, little abrupt there in terms of the, the ending. Um, normally ask them what they want to plug or promote, but again, lost that in the in the uh, uh, editing issue. So um, yeah, just go and support them where you can. Instagram, TikTok are the uh, best places to do that. Uh, the link tree is in the description of the podcast as well, so you can see links to uh, shows and other things that he's got going on. So yeah, please go and support those wherever you can. He's a really funny bloke, uh, very clever guy, and uh, well worth your time. So give him, drop him a follow. Uh, if you like this show and you want to support it, there's a couple of different ways you can do that. We do have a coffee link set up, so if you want to support the show financially, a couple of quid, a couple of bucks here or there for an episode that you've enjoyed, um, you can do that. We have a link set up, there's no monthly obligation. If you're not in a position to do that, that's totally understandable. Please do support the show in other ways. Main thing I say is just tell your friends, get more people listening, um, but if you can rate, review, do stuff online to support the show, that's very much appreciated. Uh, I'll be back next week for episode 78. So in the meantime, look after yourselves and we'll speak to you then.